Welcome, everyone, to today's focus for Wednesday, January the 11th, 2023, at 11.24 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, prayer and discernment. Prayer and discernment. What is the connection between prayer and discernment? I think this is a very, very, very important concept. If you've been listening to our Bible study exercise on discernment, you know I've raised some serious questions in regards to the issue. And I may have taken a, maybe my perspective is, well, we definitely know it's not within the mainstream that I'm going to be in the minority of the minority because that's where I always uh, find myself. But I think I've asked some very important questions in regards to discernment. So I want to talk this morning and I want you to focus in on this idea of prayer and discernment. And the reason why is because in the minds of many Christians, discernment really is achieved in some way, shape, or form to some level by simply praying for it. Lord, help me understand this. Lord, let me see this. Lord, let me understand. And we and we pray and then somehow think that now discernment arises from that prayer. And I, I'm going to challenge that a little bit, and I will explain why I'm going to give you an example. So prayer and discernment. How should we understand this? How should we think about this? And I hope you will uh, give this serious thought. Remember, today's focus is designed to try to be about 15 to 20 minutes long, where I hand you one thing to focus on throughout the day. Now, of course, every podcast episode I do, I try to give you things to think about. But the goal here is to try to make it short in case you can't listen to everything else we do here on the Theology Central podcast. But the Today's Focus podcast series is to try to give you that one thing. So are you ready? All right. Prayer and discernment. Now, if, you, if you've if you been listening, you know, we've been talking about discernment. And I think it was around 5 a.m., maybe 6 a.m. this morning, I reached over, grabbed my iPad, started looking on the Sermons 2.0 app, found a sermon, hit play. It opens up with an organ playing. And then as the organ ends, it's going to, to begin with an opening prayer. I want you to listen to this opening prayer carefully. And as you listen to this open, opening prayer, I want you to start thinking and asking yourself questions about prayer and discernment. Here we Well, here we are again. Welcome back to Bible time. First Thessalonians five and verse four. We didn't quite wrap up. We didn't finish. And then verse five is what we're trying to get to today. Let's read the two together. But ye brethren are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. There's a whole lot here, a whole lot more than we can possibly fit into another Bible time or maybe even into a whole series of Bible time messages. So we're just going to try and trust the Lord and preach what we've got. Uh, we need to pray. 
I need you all to pray for me that God will give me wisdom, utterance, and unction. I need you all to pray for me that God will keep me humble. Help me to preach this with a humble spirit, but not to back down whenever I'm preaching the Bible and I'm preaching right. Let's pray, Father. Okay, now here comes the prayer. Here comes the prayer. And already you can kind of hear a little bit of it, right? I need you to pray for me that I will be humble. I need you to pray for me that I will have wisdom. I need you to pray for me. So they're already praying for God to intervene in the preaching to do certain things for the preacher. Now, this is common. This is just your template language used in churches all across the United States of America and around the world. And nobody ever, I know I'm the one who raises the hand going, well, wait a minute here. I've got some questions. I know. And people think that I'm just skeptical about everything, but just just stay with me. So I backed it up a little bit. Now, now listen, I want you to just pay close attention to the prayer back down whenever I'm preaching the Bible and I'm preaching right. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask all these things that I've just requested prayer for, and you heard them, and you know that my desire, Lord, is to glorify you, and Lord, that I would not preach error. I do not. Okay, he's he's praying that I would not preach error, that I would not preach error. Now, this is a reasonable question. Now, we're going to go through the entire prayer, but this is a reasonable question, and I want you to really think about this, all right? If a pastor stands behind a pulpit and says, Lord, I'm praying for you that I will not preach error, is that in any way, shape, or form a guarantee that he will not preach error? Does God answer that prayer in any meaningful way? If I pray, Lord, I pray that I don't preach error. Is that a guarantee that I won't preach error? Does that inform those listening to the prayer? Oh, wait, he prayed that he won't preach error. So there's obviously no way he can preach error. So I can trust what he says. Because I found it interesting that in this sermon, he starts this prayer. Lord, I don't want to preach error. And then when he gets to Matthew 24, I think it's a total, complete theological train wreck. I think it's, I, I, there are so many issues with it that it's not even funny. And I would preach the same, and if I was to pray, I would pray and desire the same thing. Lord, don't let me preach error. So how can he pray, don't let me preach error, and I can pray, don't let me preach error, and both of us would come to absolutely 1,000% different opinions and conclusions and interpretations on one passage of the Bible, Matthew 24. How is that possible? Let's let's back that up one more time. Let's back that up. Right? Here we go. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask all these things that I've just requested prayer for, and you heard them, and you know that my desire, Lord, is to glorify you, and Lord, that I would not preach error. I do not want to um, lead anyone astray, Father. I don't want to lead anyone down a wrong path. I want to be right with you. I want your words to be right. Lord, I'm going to give an answer at the judgment seat of Christ, Father, for what I've preached in your name. And in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and I want to accurately represent your son, Lord. And if I preach something wrong, I pray that you'd show me so that I can make it right. But my- All right, so he, he's praying, don't let me preach error, but just in case you don't answer that prayer, and I do preach error, immediately reveal that to me so that I can correct the error. 
So the concept is here, hey, Lord, I don't want to preach error, so keep me from it. Okay, but if you don't keep me from it, then at least make sure you let me know immediately. Now, once again, you see this, what this kind of sets up. At least on one hand, it sets up the idea to the audience. Hey, look, 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 look. He prayed that if he preaches error, that God would show him. And if God doesn't show him that he preached any error, well, then how can I say that he preached error? On one hand, you're kind of like setting yourself up that, look, I prayed that I wouldn't preach error. And I prayed that if I preached error, God would show me the error. So nobody can accuse me of error. On one hand, it's kind of like setting yourself up that nobody can make an accusation against you. Of course, nobody the people listening are still going to make the accusations and still charge you. But I just want you, I want once again, how does this work? If I pray, God, keep me from error. Clearly he doesn't think that that's a guarantee because then he says, if I do preach error, even though I've already asked you not to let me, well, then I ask you to step in after I've preached the error and then show me that I preached the error. But what happens if you never feel like God showed you that you preached error? Then are you 1000 per get, 1000% convinced that you have never preached error, right? Like, well, God, and I've had people say this to me. I've literally had people say to them, we're having a, a biblical argument, a biblical disagreement, right? They're giving me one interpretation. I'm giving another interpretation. And I've literally had people say this to me. Well, God hasn't shown me yet that I'm wrong. God hasn't shown me yet that your interpretation is correct. Well, if we... If we go on that basis, then then how does discernment work? Discernment is, well, unless God tells me I'm wrong, then clearly I'm right. Well, then how does God tell you you're wrong? Maybe God is telling you you're wrong through me, so you're wrong. So how are you discerning whether you're wrong or right? This all has to do with discernment, all right? So I'm going to back this up just a little bit more, all right? Let's keep listening. Your son, Lord, and if I preach something wrong, I pray that you'd show me so that I can make it right. But most of all, I pray, Lord, that you'd protect me from error, protect me from preaching things that are wrong, Father. All right, so now he's asking God, protect me from preaching error, protect me from preaching that which is wrong. Now, I believe he preaches complete error before this is over when he gets to Matthew 24 and he basically obliterates. Uh, the, the the chapter. I mean, I, to me, he, he 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 acknowledges a little bit of 70 AD, and then boom, he turns the whole chapter into obviously looking at a future prediction and not looking at it as as a, a prediction for what would happen in 70 AD. I think there's major issues there. I think the hermeneutical issues, interpretive issues. So why didn't God answer the prayer? Now, if I, if I prayed the same prayer, I'm still going to hold to my view of Matthew 24. So why isn't God helping us? How does prayer impact discernment? I'm going to back this up one more time. Present your son, Lord, and if I preach something wrong, I pray that you'd show me so that I can make it right. But most of all, I pray, Lord, that you'd protect me from error, protect me from preaching things that are wrong, Father. Protect me, Lord, from my own stupid opinions and the stupid opinions of other people, Lord, because we're all just people. And we need your help, Father God. We need your understanding. We need your enlightenment. We need your we need your um Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and fill us and lead us and help. So now he's praying that, hey, God, give us understanding. God, give us, in a sense, light. Get, lead us. 
Well, okay, if we, if every, to think about it, 2,000 years, I would say that what he's praying there is the heart of all Christians, right? I think every Christian, no Christians out there going, Lord, I want error. Lord, I don't want truth. Lord, no, we all pray like, Lord, lead us, guide us, give us wisdom. We want the truth. Christians have been praying that for 2,000 years. 2,000 years later, Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of denominations. Nobody agrees on how to interpret one verse. So when it comes down to it in the most practical way possible, and I know this gets me in trouble, but I'm going to ask the question, all the prayers for basically discernment, understanding, truth, to stay from error has only led to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of commentaries that don't agree with each other, interpretation after interpretation that doesn't agree with each other, denomination after denomination who doesn't agree with each other. We don't even agree within Christianity on the basics of the basics. We don't agree on baptism. We don't agree on the Lord's Supper. We don't even agree on salvation. We don't agree on church structure. We don't literally agree on anything. So how does prayer and discernment work? I'm going to back it up again. Here we go. That are wrong, Father, protect me, Lord, from my own stupid opinions and the stupid opinions of other people, Lord, because we're all just people. And we need your help, Father God. We need your understanding. We need your enlightenment. We need your we need your um, Holy Spirit, Lord, to come and fill us and lead us and help us, Lord, so that we can understand your word. Lord, it's it's a really simple book, but we're worse than simple, Lord. We're foolish, and we need your help, Lord, to understand this book, and we confess. We need your help to understand this book. Now, this all is dealing with uh, this, a lot of this, I mean, discernment is connected to all of this. So how does prayer and discernment work? I, I, this is something I really want you to struggle with today, right? Because look, I, I don't know how many Bible colleges, how many seminaries, Bible institutes that I've attended. I, I can't think of one time where you just sit, you just, you show up to class and you're like, okay, Lord, I pray you give me enlightenment. I pray you give me understanding. I pray you guide me into all truth as I take this test. And then I just all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. God gives me answer, 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 answer. No, it doesn't work. That way. You know that. I know that. You have to study, 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 study. And if you take a person who's not even saved and you take a person who's saved, one is praying and they both do the exact amount. Let's say the one who's the Christian who prays does very little study, but he prays and he believes in God. And the and the person is not even a believer. They're like, okay, what do we? What, what's the? What they take the same course, they do the homework, they study, 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 study. I have, I guarantee you, the unbeliever will do better on the test than the believer. Because being a believer and praying doesn't equal somehow discernment. I, I just I have a hard time with this. Because in that particular case, it's about knowledge. It's about understanding. And I know I can read my Bible and read my Bible and read my Bible and read my Bible and pray and pray and pray and pray, and pray for understanding. But it's going to come down to what method of hermeneutics am I using? How how. Uh, comprehensive as my study have been? Have I infiltrated my interpretation with my own opinions, thoughts, or presuppositions? Like, have I, my reading comprehension, my reading skills, like there's so much that comes down to, to it. And I think that's just very practical.
But this is the idea that, Lord, I pray, and you're going to give me the enlightenment. You're going to give them wisdom because, hey, we can't understand this without you. But if I pray to you, I get understanding of it. Well, Christians have been praying this for 2,000 years. Why is there no agreement on literally anything? And I want to make it very clear. You can have someone standing behind the pulpit at Bethel or any other any other headquarters of charismatic craziness. And they will say, we pray and we talk to God. And this is the, this is the conclusion that God gave me about scripture. This is my, and, and they're, they're, they're going to be praying, keep me from error. What, what happened? What happened? You, you can have someone who's Presbyterian saying, keep me from error. Let me find the truth. And they're going to baptize a baby. You're going to have a Baptist saying, give me truth. Keep me from error. Lead me. They're going to say, you shouldn't be baptizing babies. You're going to have some saying, keep me, keep me uh, from error. Lead me to the truth. If I said, keep me from the truth, I apologize. Keep me from error. Lead me to the truth. And they're praying that. And they're like, nope, we, we believe in open communion. Someone else is like, no, we believe in closed communion. No, we believe in, you know, a semi-Pelagian view of man. No, we believe in a reformed, total depraved Augustinian view of man. And we can go on and on and on and on and on. Everyone praying the same thing. All right, let's back this up a little bit and bring this to a conclusion for today's focus. I think you know what I want you to focus on today. Worse than simple, Lord, we're foolish, and we need your help, Lord, to understand this book, and we confess that and ask for your help today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. There you have the prayer. So prayer and discernment. What is the connection? How does that work? How does that work? Again, I've never met a Christian like, Lord, just leave me in darkness. Don't let me find the truth. Let me embrace error. No, Christians are always like, lead me into truth. You know, give me wisdom. Keep me from error. I want tr- Christians pray that. And then oh, something, something goes, well, I mean, something happens. So does prayer really impact discernment in any meaningful, tangible, practical way? Or is it just something we say and something we do? Or the reality of it, discernment is not impacted by prayer. It's impacted by our own study and our own effort and our own desire and willingness to do our best to understand what's written here utilizing proper interpretive techniques and proper Bible study methods. Okay, I I can hear some people listening to this going, what in the world am I listening to? I know, I'm going against the, the template, the way Christianity always talks about it, but I think it's a reasonable question. And now for the next seven weeks, we're going to keep studying discernment and we're going to keep asking these questions. So if you, if you want to start listening to that series, the Bible study exercise, and you can hear this, we're really, we're, but we're going to ask these hard questions. I'm not afraid to ask these hard questions. I just don't think it works that way. I prayed for discernment, but boom, I got, because he prayed for discernment. <laughs> what happens in the rest of that sermon, I'm still trying to figure out some of the things he was saying. I'm like, wait, what, what happened just right there? What was that? Now, if he was to listen to some of my preaching, he would be like, wait a minute, what happened with that? He he would tell me that I'm wrong. 
But I'd be like, wait a minute. I prayed for discernment. I prayed God would keep me from error. I prayed that God would show me the error. He hasn't shown me the error, so clearly I can't be in error. That's how come I do not believe when the Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth that has anything to do with us. We've got 2,000 years of church history, and nobody can agree on what the truth even is. But I do know this, that for the original disciples and the writers of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit did lead them into all truth, and they wrote that truth here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I believe that was an apostolic promise for the writers of the New Testament. I don't believe that applies to us, because if it does, there wouldn't be, all, how many different denominations could there be if God is leading, leading us into all truth? How many different commentaries could there be if God's leading us into all truth? All right, you can email me your thoughts on this. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Today's focus for Wednesday, January the 11th, 2023 is prayer and discernment.